Welcome to the Occupy Freedom Podcast, where we're diving deep into all things kingdom. Your life is not a mistake. You were created for this moment in history to advance the kingdom and govern the earth from a heavenly perspective. Let's join our hosts, Justin and Rihanna Arfston. All right, well, welcome, welcome back to the Occupy Freedom podcast on this nice, bright, sunshiny morning. Yeah. So grateful to see the sun since we um, just got back from Florida. We were in Florida for two weeks, and it was upper 80s and low 90s. Super sunny. And sunny, and it was just dreamy. And then we kind of came back to some cold weather, so I'm glad to see it sunny and nice out. And, you know, it's interesting that... Whenever we go on a road trip, you know, we usually come back with some good stories to tell. <laughs> and sometimes, you know, we come back and our vehicle's either missing parts or there's a little addition. And this time we came back with a nice addition of a dent in our passenger door. <laughs> You're having fun and there's a great reminder that life sometimes happens. happens. Right? <laughs> yeah. Life happens. Isn't that how the bumper yeah, sticker goes? Exactly. <laughs> life happens. <laughs> happening so i want to quickly share the story with you guys because it is uh it is super funny so so we're we're in florida uh it's the first part of our trip Uh, one evening we go to the grocery store we're doing our thing get all the groceries come out to the to the truck put everything in all the groceries in the truck we're like it's at the very closing so there's like hardly anyone there the the parking lot's pretty empty so i go and return the cart Mm-hmm. Um, to the store. I'm on my way back, and there is this gal parked a couple spots over on the other side of the parking lot lane. She starts pulling out, and instead of like pulling out into the lane, it's, mm-hmm. it's like a really wide kind of turn she starts taking. <laughs> and I was like, wait a second, if she kind of keeps that trajectory, she's going to hit the truck. One and of so those I'm Austin Power turns. Yeah. So it's um, so I was like, okay, it's she probably is just gonna go or whatever. And so now here I am, I go from kind of watching this to happen to like running towards the truck, <laughs> screaming like, wait, stop, stop, stop. She did not they- only did she not hear me, she also did not see the truck, and she proceeded to dra- to back directly into the passenger door of the truck. Anyway, so she pulls forward just a little bit and gets out and very apologetic and whatever. Then she proceeds to share with different medical challenges she has and the fact that she probably shouldn't be driving in the first place. Because she had a brain tumor. She had a brain tumor. <laughs> Turns out she had an expired driver's oh. license. It was quite the mm-hmm. quite the deal. So I call the cops. The cop comes to you know just do a regular police report for insurance purposes and whatever. The uh, police officer says, "Well, you can't move your vehicle because you don't have a driver's Her license, license and expired, it was expired." Yeah. And so she's you know just between multiple parking spots. Like so, I go. We were there with some friends, and so my friend and I said, "Well." You know, can we move the vehicle for her? And um, and the police officer says, first of all, he goes, you're not from here. Which is super <laughs> funny. Like, clearly you're Minnesota nice. Because here in Florida, we don't do anything you're a nice. Midwesterner. Somebody hits your car and then you offer to move it for them. You just don't, that's not what we do here. <laughs> Let me help you with that. <laughs> so we said, yeah, but, we, you know, we felt bad for her. She He goes, well, as long as she's okay with it. So anyway, we go to do this. And my friend like, walks up to the vehicle to go and like get in to move it and he peeks in first and there is a huge cockroach 
sitting right on the seat. And then he looks around a little bit more. And, and you kind of see like all too. the skirting or whatever. <laughs> and you see him step back and start shaking his head like, no, I don't. I don't think I'm so. Not like this is not part. this is not happening. And so he pulls me over and he's like, I'm not getting in there. And I'm like, Well, I'm not getting in there. <clears throat> Turns out she had multiple items in her vehicle that looked like it had been there for a long period of time, including the cockroaches. A little bit of a hoarder. <laughs> yeah, the cockroaches were just living it <laughs> hey, up. Hey man. man, it was it was it's a dream. Anyway, uh, we end up uh pushing the car. Uh she she jumps in the front seat. We or, you know, driver's seat. We push the car into the to the spot that she was originally parked in so at least she doesn't get towed kind of a crazy made for a deal. great start to our florida vacation sure did Lots of great stories it sure and- did in fact you know you know a lot of times on vacation you take pictures mm-hmm. you know it's just so you can remember things and i was stuck <laughs> in my butt and he's like i do not have to take a picture of this i will never ever forget this experience <laughs> and we will laugh about it yeah, for so many for years too. but it's interesting though because you're parked in a parking space, right? And you think, I'm safe. I'm in my space. And there's white lines around your space so that people know you're not supposed to cross over. Yet this woman comes across the parking lot, crosses over the driving lane into the white uh-huh. lines, and just plows right into the side of the truck. You know, even though you were in your space, the truck was still vulnerable. It to sure was. And that's sure what we're was. kind of talking about today is vulnerability. We're talking about the concept of what vulnerability is and why God created us to be vulnerable. All right, so let's dive in. Okay, so we're talking about vulnerability. First, let's talk about what does it actually mean to be vulnerable? Well, I I think it's good to dive into, first of all, just the definition of what it means to be vulnerable because we use that word a lot, you know, Mm -hmm. when things are vulnerable or I feel vulnerable or I'm going to try to be vulnerable. Um, But the definition uh, of vulnerability is this. It says it's susceptible to being wounded, attacked, susceptible to emotional injury, difficult to defend, or open to temptation. Mm. And so if you think in the context of the tree of life back in the garden when we've been talking about shame we've been talking about those garden moments the tree of life really represented this dependence on god a relationship with him being spirit-led being intimate by abiding in him and eating of his fruit because adam and eve ate of the fruit of the tree which gave them eternal life so that was their vulnerability and so essentially if if vulnerability is being susceptible to being wounded attacked emotional injury open to temptation that's everybody. That's, yes. <laughs> that is like the essential DNA of our humanity is vulnerability. It, so not only is it everybody, but it's everything. Mm-hmm. Right? You think about the political, economic system, social system, rela- right. like literally everything. All of creation it, just stands out in a vulnerable space. In a vulnerable to space. The weather into absolutely mankind. Absolutely. Yep. And so, like, I find it interesting because a lot of people say that they maybe struggle with vulnerability or they Mm. struggle being vulnerable. If we take this concept of saying, well, guess what? We're vulnerable. We're always in this. So You're vulnerable simply because you exist. Because you exist, right? (laughs) So it's less about being vulnerable. It's really Mm -hmm. about embracing the fact that we are vulnerable and then going from there. In fact, um, several years ago, um, any of you from... 
uh, Minnesota may remember this, but several years ago, the I-35W bridge over the Mississippi River mm-hmm. went down. Yeah. And it, it was this bridge that had been around for, for a long time, and it went through all of its inspections and all of the stuff, yeah. right? And uh, unfortunately, it still went down. And I know there was a lot of injuries. And, and you were and on some, that bridge just a couple of hours before was. it went down, hours, which is like so crazy. Three or four hours. It, it just goes to show that even in infrastructure like a bridge that we think, hey, we have all the set of checks and balances to make sure that mm-hmm. this thing is sturdy and we can trust it, really. Right. It turns out that even yeah. that is vulnerable. It's susceptible to, you know, breaking down to some degree. Right. And so it's, like you said, it's not about, as a human being, it's not about trying to be vulnerable. It's really about acknowledging and sharing that vulnerability instead of right. avoiding it. Because it's really a matter of whether we avoid our vulnerability or we share it with others. So it's important to acknowledge the vulnerability of all things so that we don't depend on anything externally as a savior, right? That's why Christ becomes that last tree of life is because our vulnerability depends on his grace to fuel our power and to shelter us, to protect us, to drive us, to give us what we need to succeed and thrive in life. You know, thinking about that concept then, you know, I guess my question is, why would God create us vulnerable? What's the point of vulnerability? Why is it important? Right, absolutely. So like the original design of creation was to abide in God and and govern the earth and mm. I, it's funny, interesting like we use that term abide but ab- abide another word for abide is is submit mm-hmm. and you think about submission that's a vulnerable spot Absolutely. if you are you know they think mm-hmm. about yeah, having to submit in a in, mm-hmm. you know whether it be in a marriage situation or a job situation you know that's that's a vulnerable place right. of saying i don't have full control over this situation right, right? submission it's, is to come underneath come underneath right the mission of god or the mission of your spouse or the mission of right yeah. Right. So that's a, a vulnerable place, mm-hmm. and it's uh, we, we're all there. So in in Genesis one twenty eight, it says, "God blessed them. God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth, and subdue it, mm-hmm. and rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky, and over every living thing that moves on the earth." So in this, we see that one of the main reasons why God created us vulnerable is because it's the God given key to governing the earth from a kingdom identity or a kingdom perspective. Mm -hmm. Your power lies within the vulnerability. So your vulnerability is a dependency on God. It's a life, you know, Paul talks about this life in the spirit, this being spirit led. What he's essentially framing is the concept of being vulnerable, of is embracing and sharing your vulnerability with the Lord and with each other. I would say that, you know, as we were kind of like talking about this and, 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 and studying it out and things like that, I think like probably the biggest like revelation that I had as we were discussing is we, again, just the fact that we are vulnerable. So it's mm-hmm. about embracing it. I just think just that that is, it, yeah. that is so, that mm-hmm. is just so key. Yeah, because I think the opposite of that we see a lot, you know, we tend to start, especially in our modern day culture, we start to build fortresses around our vulnerability and then, right. then strive in our own strength, right? Because then we say, I can do this on my own. I've got the strength. I've got the tools. I've got the power. I've got the 10-step program. Striving in your own strength, you cannot govern the earth from a kingdom perspective if you're striving from your own strength. And so that's actually governing the earth from an earthly perspective. Right. So therefore, it's a weak and volatile way to govern something because then when the form of the earth, whatever it is, economic system, social system, political system, when that shakes up, your governing power begins to shake because it's rooted in something that's shakable. 
So that's why the vulnerability is really the key to governing. You know, in Matthew 7, Jesus tells this parable about building your house upon the rock instead of the shifting sand and all of these other materials. And essentially what he's framing here is that your roots or your foundation have to be in something greater than your own striving, your own power. Or anything in this world. Right. Anything in the world that can be shaken. Right. It's a vulnerability cue. Now, if we look at the direction of the Western church, we've had the same issue, right? Because the Western church considers success equivalent to numbers, Mm -hmm. image, and relevancy to culture. So they believe this lie that their power lies within the form and that they can be known by their form, that means they're powerful. So if they can be known by the fact that their image, their marketing, their relevancy to culture, that equi- you know, that's equivalent to power. Right. But the thing is, is when you work in the world's way to obtain power, it's not how kingdom power works. So the church has turned up empty and powerless, mm-hmm. although she's got all the bells and whistles, big buildings, big programs. The power in there has been lost because the true power lies within the vulnerability of the function of the Holy Spirit. So, you know, you can get people to come to these fancy buildings or fancy marketing and the image and the relevancy of the message, right? The message of the relevant Mm -hmm. culture, but they come hungry for the spirit and there's no bread in the cupboard. So the power is not there. And so that's why in Romans 8, 19, you know, Paul says that creation waits in eager expectation for the children children of God to be revealed. These children who are vulnerable and share their vulnerability with God and with others, and therein lies the power, right? Paul said, in my weakness is the power. Yep. Yeah. And I think that's interesting because, you know, it's like everything else in the kingdom, right? It's inverted. Right. Absolutely. You know, all of the systems and everything that we think the way the world works, like you can basically say, this is the way the world works, flip it up on its head. Mm-hmm. And this is the way the kingdom right. works. Right. And right. this is vulnerability mm-hmm. is no different when it comes to Find that. Find the direction of the stream and then swim directly <laughs> against it. <laughs> right. Which isn't always popular, but, right. but realistically, vulnerability is really a God-given key to love. Because mm-hmm. when we think about yeah. Love in relationships and things like that. There's yeah. there's such a, a vulnerability. If we really want to have intimacy, if we really want to have mm-hmm. a deep relationship, yeah. it requires vulnerability, and that's really what you know. The fruit of that is love, right? And that's that's essentially the perp- another purpose of why God created us that way. It's it's how we love. Although we a lot of times try to skirt around the vulnerability to love people to the extent that we will not be hurt or affected right. by them. Right? That's real. And, uh, and so in Matthew 22, Jesus gives these commands. He says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. This is the greatest and foremost commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. And so there's this dependency that love has mm-hmm. on your vulnerability. Because if you love your neighbor as yourself... There's a piece of yourself that you have to give. And so when we're looking at love, obviously there's all kinds of different types of love. Um, If you've done any sort of study on the Greek words and the Hebrew words for love, there's there's lots of different forms. And I think our culture is very much stuck on like a phileo, which is a brotherly love, or an eros, which is more of a an attractive love, like this kind of these feelings of attraction for each other. We, We use the word love in those contexts. But there's this deeper love that God is and God commands us to have. And it's this agape love, which is a benevolent, selfless, charitable love that literally does not pay you back for what you do. And that's a vulnerable space. It's a very vulnerable space. Yeah, it's a sacrificial love, which requires your vulnerability to be shared. 
Because again, remember, to be vulnerable means you're susceptible to being wounded, Mm -hmm. attacked, emotionally injured, temptation. You're defenseless. Right. Right. And so if you look at 1 Corinthians 13, that's exactly what Paul lays out love (laughs) to be. Love is patient. Love is kind. Right. Right. All of those. Right. It doesn't keep a record of wrong. You don't get to pay back evil for evil. You don't like... You're like an open... That's a love. That's a selfish, vulnerable love to say, I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. And there is no guarantee of anything in return. There's no guarantee I'm going to get paid back for this. There's no guarantee I'm not going to get hurt. It's risk, right? Love takes a risk. Absolutely. You know, it's, it opens itself to the possibility and the probability of being hurt and rejected. But that's how we reach intimacy with God and neighbor, it doesn't, you know, true love does not protect itself or defend itself. It weathers the storm under the shelter of the only one that can really sustain us, which is God himself. But a vulnerable love is a powerful love. And Absolutely. so I, I challenge our listeners even today to think, you know, take inventory of the love that you share in your marriage and with your kids. Mm-hmm. Is it an arm's length distance away because you're scared of being hurt or rejected or scared of their messiness or how that might affect you or what that might look like for you? Or do you give of yourself even in the most painful places knowing that your probability of being wounded and rejected and emotionally injured? Right, right. We think you think about, I love that, uh, that scripture you read in Matthew because it's, you know, to, to love your God mm-hmm. first and, you know, mm-hmm. first and foremost, which mm-hmm. th- again, requires vulnerability yeah. of being vulnerable with God saying, this is who I am. These are my thoughts. These are my yeah. good thoughts, my bad thoughts. And here's everything just like pouring yeah. your heart out in, in front of the Lord. And mm-hmm. then the second one is to love others. Well, it's going to be a very similar type of embracing those vulnerable spaces yeah. in life embracing with, the with others. Embracing the failures, yeah. embracing the... As a matter of fact, the older I get, the more convinced I am. It's actually our weaknesses and our failures and our imperfections that bind us, that unify us as human beings and as believers. It's right. not our successes and our strengths and our highlight reels. It's really our vulnerability that connects us as human beings and as believers. And it's it's not a surprise to me that the enemy has worked so hard to dismantle vulnerability in our culture. Because ultimately, dismantling vulnerability dismantles the power of the brotherhood. Because vulnerability is, is the doorway to intimacy. And intimacy is that unity of spirit. And that's where the power of the brotherhood actually lies. So the enemy wants to dismantle this power that we have because that's the only place that true power is really held. Christ within us is the hope of glory. And if we're sharing that vulnerability, that's a powerful entity. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If you've been going through a, a tough season and you hear a story of someone and they share those real raw places, like it, it creates a new level of traffic. Even if you don't ha- are in relationship with that particular yeah. person, it's maybe it's a podcast like this, right? Mm-hmm. You say, wow, they just shared that that a vulnerable place, that place of, of their failure, of their insecurities, of their, they just shared mm-hmm. really their heart. And you listen to it and it's like, man, not only do I just trust that person more, but I just, I relate. And yeah. this is just so yeah. healing for me. Yeah. And it's in that embracement, mm-hmm. embracing of of your vulnerability. And you know, I think I think as a church, that's a real as the church, it's a real challenge, right? I mean, I've heard time and time again and people say, Yeah, I tried church, I went in and it it you know, it looks like on the outside you have all these polished peoples, but you know, you step in and you realize that real quickly they have as many challenges, but yet 
still no vulnerability. The mm. level of, of vulnerability oftentimes that I've personally seen with within you know, most church circles is not really any different than in the world circles. Yeah. And, you know, we a lot of times hold leaders falsely in this this category of untouchable and therefore right. they never share their vulnerability, which right. then you see this epidemic of falling off of these mountaintops because um, they just don't share vulnerability and they don't admit vulnerability. And it's, you know, so the enemy plays this trick on us that we should cover up and keep one another at a distance. Mm-hmm. He, he threatens us with the notion that if we're truly seen and known that we're not actually going to be loved and accepted because um, people won't accept us. But this lie has caused a pattern of hiding and therefore created sort of this culture of unity based on preference, Right. right. Instead of unity based on the intimacy of spirit, which has caused a division in the church. Um, we start to accuse one another, judge one another, chew uh, you know each other apart because we're afraid of seeing their nakedness and our own. Right. And uh, because we're reminded that we're naked when we see somebody else's nakedness and we have not been taught that vulnerability is a good thing. It's okay. Right. Yeah. So the very thing we come to hate in one another are really the very things that we're, we've been groomed to hate in ourselves. And it, cre- it creates a challenge for a relationship. It sure does. You're listening to the Occupy Freedom Podcast, diving deep into all things kingdom. We're so glad you're here. Connect with us deeper at Occupy-Freedom.com. Now back to the show with Justin and Rihanna. All right. Well, we're talking about vulnerability here today. And, you know, as we're kind of talking about what is vulnerability, why is it important, you know, that we're created as a vulnerable being? I know that some of our listeners, because I do too, are thinking, okay, I'm getting what you're saying. I feel vulnerable. I can see that I am a vulnerable creature and I feel like I I tend to avoid it a lot uh, because there's a lot of challenges to vulnerability. So let's talk about real quickly. Let's just talk about what the challenge is to to sharing that vulnerability with people and with God tend to be. Yeah, absolutely. The, the first one, and, and maybe this because this resonates with me, is the first one that comes to mind is the idea of self-preservation mm-hmm. or, or really, you know, another way to say that maybe is, is performance-based approval of people. Right. And, and I, you know... Uh, Which is I've, a religious spirit, It right? absolutely <laughs> is. It absolutely is. And, and so, you know, I think, you know, when we think about, you know, letting other people know that we're imperfect, really giving them an opportunity mm-hmm. to extend grace to us right. for us to you know not only embrace our vulnerability but really em- embrace the fact that guess what we need forgiveness from others right not only do we need to extend forgiveness but mm-hmm. we do need we're, we're, we're gonna mm-hmm. hurt people and there's a certain amount of grace that's required to be in relationship with anybody, anybody. you included <laughs> right, who are listening to this podcast. Right. You think, right. oh my gosh, I gotta have so much grace to be in a relationship with this person or my spouse or my kids. So but, do you. But so do you. We all require a certain amount of grace. We have bad days that we don't feel like giving grace to people, but we all require it because we're human and we're vulnerable, whether we, whether whether we, we want to admit, admit it or, or not, not, for sure. And to your point with self-preservation, you know, I think there's this tendency sometimes we have to express perfectionistic behavior. Like if I could just be perfect, God will accept me. If I could just be perfect, then people will accept me. Right. If I could just be perfect, then I could accept myself, 
right? So immediately, I think we need to repent of the savior complex that we have for ourselves. Like if I could just be good enough, then I could accept myself and share myself with others. If we look at 1 John 3.20, Jesus said, Whenever our hearts make us feel guilty and remind us of our failures, we know that God is much greater and more merciful than our own conscience. And he knows everything there is to know about us. This is such a powerful reality that there's nothing that you know about yourself that God does not already know and has not already made mercy and grace to fill those spaces. In the Passion Translation notes for this specific verse, it says this, There is a higher courtroom for the human heart. It is where grace is enthroned. The very worst that is in us is known by God, and he still showers mercy, love, and acceptance upon us. This is the greatness of God's grace. He sees beyond the sin of a moment, and he sees the holy affections of love in those who refuse to turn away from him. So again, we're returning to the garden and saying, it's not the sin that's separating you from the Father right now. For those who are listening, I feel the Holy Spirit in that point. It is not the sin in your life that is separating you from God completely. It is the shame that you are covering it with, refusing to share your vulnerability with God, refusing to admit, acknowledge, accept, repent, and move forward. That is what is separating you from God. So we have got to be like Paul in 2 Corinthians 12, 9. He's like, I celebrate my weaknesses, although I'm not defeated by them. I celebrate them because I know that in my weaknesses, when I can admit them before God and before man, that there is power in it. There is a huge power in the spirit that rises up within me. And can we talk about anonymity for a minute? Mm. I think this is a a great challenge or obstacle with vulnerability as well. You know, this concept of obscurity of um, in our culture, you know, we don't feel like we always have to be known, you know, that independence or self-regulation, right? Right. What feels right to me. And so when you have this level of anonymity or this obscurity of kind of you do you and I'll do me, right? There's no accountability, for right. our actions. There's no accountability to this calling that we have in our lives as brothers and sisters in Christ. We all have this universal call to holiness, right? But if we're going to live abiding in Christ and that holiness, then we have to be accountable to each other. But in order to be accountable, we have to be able to be to share our vulnerability, right. to be known, share lives. and to give up our independence, our DIY, our you do you, what feels right to me is right for me, what's my truth, and be able to handle correction and rebuke as well as encouragement and edification right yeah so important be the you know the idea of individuality or almost i mean in my opinion in today's culture it's really almost become an idol of of you know just you you do you Mm -hmm. right of of total independence from one another and and things like that and the problem with that is that's that is not the brotherhood right that is not what that is not the family of christ that is not the family of god so um, it creates a real challenge when you're not um when you're self-governing and you're not willing to share your life with one another um simply because that accountability seems very threatening, right? That can be a challenge. Right. And so this is kind of like brings us into the next point of challenge. I think people are challenged by the concept of the fear of rejection. If I air out my issues, what's been done to me or what I've done, I'm going to be rejected. People are going to reject me. Yeah. And I think too, like we were just counseling a child through this, this idea of, 
you know, I'm afraid I'm going to let someone down if they understand that if I didn't do the Mm -hmm. thing that I thought I was supposed to do, that they are going to reject me. And there's an absolutely a fear of rejection in that, uh, in that space. And so, you know, that one of the challenge with, with, uh, you know, rejection is that it really becomes, we start really kind of like dehumanizing people, right? Right. That it's people become kind of objects or things to conquer Mm -hmm. versus Mm -hmm. a, a versus a relationship. Yeah. Yeah, and I th- I think some of that is social media, right? We can't blame everything on social media, but our current culture, this we can is blame a lot on social this media. This is the though. digital culture <laughs> we live in, right? Social media sort of thrusts us into this celebrity culture. Everybody's a celebrity, right? Everyone is pressured to be celebrity material. We no longer celebrate uniqueness or um, celebrate vulnerability. We celebritize people. They're pressured to like share your highlight reels. What's your best pictures? What's your greatest vacations? How good can you polish your life and present it to social media? So whatever you put on social media then is criticized, judged, examined. So we, we really have been trained in this current day to really only give certain parts of ourselves to people. Mm-hmm. And it really leaks into our relationships because we have this fear of being rejected in our exposure because we hide behind these digital engines. And so being vulnerable actually is what makes us human. Right. So when you remove the possibility of weakness and failure, you dehumanize yourself and other people. If you can only accept people when they're at their best doing the right thing, then you're dehumanizing and taking away the very thing that makes us human beings. Absolutely. Because because we are not the sum of our past mistakes. Right. You know, um, neither are people in our lives. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, again, inv- embracing that vulnerability, right. really, it just creates that, cultivates relationship. It creates an intimacy. Like, you're vulnerable, I'm vulnerable. I'm vulnerable. We can share that with one another, but not make excuses for the things, the choices, right? We still have a choice. We have our trees in the garden. We have consequences for our actions. Right. But we can share that intimacy because your vulnerability makes you human. Your identity makes you royalty. You That's, cannot be a say full... That, say that one again. <laughs> your vulnerability makes you human. Your identity makes you royalty. But you cannot be fully you without both of those aspects. Right. That is, that is so good. All right. So let's, um, let's kind of end things today with... Some let's put a wrap uh, on put a wrap on it. Let's put a wrap Land on it. the plane, as they say. Um, <laughs> let's back our way out of this. Room. <laughs> so let, let's talk about you know what it looks like to maybe live a, a vulnerable life or, mm-hmm. or really embrace that vulnerability and, and really embracing your humanity mm-hmm. is really what that's all about. Understanding that guess what we actually have the ability to sin. We have the ability. To hurt others, we have the ability to to make poor choices, mm-hmm. and once we understand that we have that ability, mm-hmm. not only do we give ourselves a break, but yeah. we also understand that other people do, and we can start, you know, really extending grace and forgiveness yeah. to them as well. Yeah, and it's it's this balance of saying we embrace our humanity, but we live from eternity. Right, so our humanity is really like our will, emotions, our thought processes, our dependency, our vulnerability. Like that's our humanity, and we have to be able to embrace all that that means. Mm-hmm. However, sin is not your identity, and it's not synonymous with your humanity. So sin is right. not your humanity. Your humanity is is what makes you 
capable of stepping into sin or stepping into, you know, being attacked or like being vulnerable to the elements of this world. But sin is not your identity. It's actually at war with your identity. So, you know, in the garden, sin was outside of humanity in its own entity until Adam and Eve ingested and internalized it. And then it became you know, at Absolutely. war with their humanity. But then Christ came as this last tree to cover us back up with grace so that we can be saved from the effects of sin. We talked about this in the last podcast. So sin no longer calls the shots in our life. So God came into humanity to undo what religion had done, which was really dehumanize his children. Mm-hmm. Jesus taught us that to embrace all of who we are by example, don't push away from what Christ came to restore. Amen. Yeah. You know, uh, God loves your humanity. He, in fact, He died for it. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Although we don't live a life of sin, we are capable of failing at any time. Mm-hmm. But in our weakness, power is perfected. So we embrace the weakness to receive the the grace and mercy of God. Amen. And that's what makes us powerful. The more we can. You know, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom. So the more we can admit our spiritual poverty and the need that we have for Christ, the more powerful we are, and really the less we fall into the trap of sin, because the more aware of our vulnerability we are. Not like, oh, I could do this myself. I could do anything. (laughs) I would never do that. That would never happen to me. But the more we can embrace that vulnerability and share it, the more we can nip it in the bud before it becomes something that causes us to be shipwrecked in our faith. So I would encourage people, you know, that living a vulnerable life and sharing your vulnerability with people is really find a safe place with somebody and be a safe place for somebody. So important. You know, Mm -hmm. I can say, too, that I have, you know, at least one person in my life that's that same way that they can handle your stuff. They can just handle it. They're like, I know who you are by the spirit. So if you have something you have to share, it doesn't bother me or scare me at all. (laughs) Right. Yeah, the, 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 the term that I use is that no matter what I share with this person, mm-hmm. I know that they're for me. Yeah, They're absolutely. always, always for me. Absolutely. So I love that. Absolutely. And I think another um, another thing that we need to embrace is really that nakedness with God. And maybe it yeah. starts there. Yeah. You know, that, that the first thing that we do mm-hmm. is really become naked before God. Vulnerability, really we should be thanking God mm-hmm. for that. Mm-hmm. And then quickly admit um, what God already knows. Yes. Right, so, so we're we're so funny. We're like, oh boy, I don't think I want to be naked Remember, before the read, Lord. <laughs> we read in the scripture, He knows the worst of the worst about you, yet He still lavishes you with love right. and acceptance and mercy. But quickly admit it, because God already knows it, and He wants to draw you out. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's wrap this up, Chris. All right. So let's quickly just kind of summarize a couple of things that we talked about. So kind of the first thing we talked through was. You know, everyone and everything is actually vulnerable. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Then we talked about that really vulnerability is the key to governing the earth from a kingdom perspective. It's about embracing humanity while living from eternity. Mm -hmm. And then the last thing we talked about here was practice sharing vulnerability with God and with others. Um, fulfilling the commandment to love God and to love your neighbor. Amen. Well, let's pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for your grace and your mercy. We thank you, Father, that according to your word, you know the worst of the worst of the worst about what we are capable of, what we've done, what's been done to us. Yet you are unafraid to be close to us. You draw us near and lavish us with 
love and mercy and grace, especially in our times of need. So Father, I pray for every ear that is listening to this podcast, Lord, that you would just flood their space, whether they're in their car or they're on their treadmill or they're on their couch or maybe they're for a walk. But Lord, that your love would just flood in like a river right now and cover them, uncovering their shame and exposing those places, God, that they need to become vulnerable and and not become vulnerable, but share that vulnerability with you. And then, Father, I pray that you would create opportunities for us to be vulnerable and share our vulnerability with one another. I pray that your church would return to this state of vulnerability and nakedness with each other in the spirit so that we can share intimacy and true intimacy with one another, that we can experience healing and deliverance and restoration in the most intimate level through this state of vulnerability, thus you know, taking back some of that power that we have lost in the brotherhood, that your church would rise up in power the way that she was meant to express through the brotherhood. Father, I thank you that you've given us these keys. You've created us. Our very creation is vulnerable for the purpose of making us strong in you. And so we thank you, Jesus, that you are that last tree that we partake of that creates a power in us to live heaven on earth to govern the earth from a kingdom perspective so that we can occupy freedom and spread that freedom to those that we are in relationship with so father thank you to help us practice this vulnerability with you lord we thank you for your love we worship you we honor you we glorify you god is the one and only sustainer of every bit of power that there truly is in this earth in jesus name amen Amen. Thanks for joining us this week on the Occupy Freedom Podcast. Make sure to visit our website, www.occupy-freedom.com and subscribe so you'll never miss a show or an update. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate you sharing it with your friends and giving us a rating on your preferred podcast platform. For further resources, check out Rihanna's best-selling book, Polished and Concealed, on Amazon.com. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Occupy Freedom Podcast.